0: Welcome to Double Fries, No Slaw. It is Sunday evening, so we're back with you guys again a little bit earlier than we normally go, but uh, glad that you guys are hanging out and tuned in with us for another episode. Um, Richie, how are you doing, man? Sunday evening. We're 70 days away from football. Dropped an article today talking about our favorite players to wear the number 70 through 79 jerseys. A lot of offensive linemen in there, but how are you doing, Richie? Good, man. Like you said, it's Sunday. Uh, Unfortunately, the weekend is almost over, but been nice just
1: hanging out watching the travelers a uh, couple knolls with some top five finish out in connecticut which is pretty cool to see
0: yeah we'll have to get to that a little bit later i know you'll definitely rub it in some gator fans faces on your uh on your golf podcast this week um speaking of being up yeah my lightning are in the stanley cup final we're going out to going downtown tampa i don't know if we're going to the game but we're definitely going down to watch it down there um so excited for for that and so the weekend feels like it just keeps going. I mean, I got to do work tomorrow, but going to you know going to watch the Stanley Cup tomorrow is not terrible. So Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee and 2550 North Monroe. Go get your gut box Double Fries No Slaw. Tell them we sent you, you and get a free drink for the next week. If you upload your posts to social media, you get entered to win a Yeti cooler from Guthrie's. we have had several entries. We've got another week left. We'll run this through 4th of July, which is next Sunday. Um, so you got one week left to get entered to win a free Yeti cooler. Go by and continue to get your free drinks on us. You don't even have to like us to go get those free drinks. You can just tell them we sent you, and they'll still give it to you. They don't tell us who all cashes in on them. So Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. Richie, we've got an exciting show tonight. We've got a guest up first because this is your lane because this basketball. I will pass it off to you. We'll run a little two-man weave here pun intended, and uh, and I'll let you intro here our new guest. Yeah,
1: really excited to have former Florida State guard David Nichols joining us today. How
2: you doing, David? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me.
1: Good man, we're we're so glad you could take some time to spend with us today. Um you know, we talk a lot about the transfer portal on this podcast just because it seems to be the all the rage now. Um you actually were a graduate transfer to Florida State. You graduated from Albany. Um what is, what was it about Florida State? Obviously Coach Hamilton's a, you know, very attractive when you're looking for a new university, but what why Florida State?
2: Um it was just kind of the the perfect fit, the perfect situation. Um they were losing a point guard and C.J. Walker, and uh, it's kind of, they needed a role, uh, they needed to be filled, and I felt like I had done a lot individually in terms of individual stats, accolades, and I just wanted to be a part of a winning program and had a chance to make a run in the NCAA tournament, so it was just all came together and was a perfect fit.
1: Yeah, and I, I remember that team. It was so fun to watch you guys because it's uh, – I assume I know the answer to this question, but was it wasn't easy to just fit in because obviously you're still close with a lot of these guys. You were only at Florida State for one year, um, but that culture, it, it just seems like a welcoming environment. Did you feel that when you got there? And obviously you're still friends with a, a lot of the players um, from your playing days today.
2: Um, yeah, it was like uh... – just a, a really natural fit. I mean, starting with coach Gates, who was the one recruiting me and being a Chicago guy and me playing high school basketball in Chicago and just kind of knowing that scene and then just having that in common and then just being on campus and it just felt like, felt like home. Everybody was welcoming. And, um, after the first couple weeks, you would have thought I'd been there for all four years. That's just how natural of a fit it was.
1: Yeah, and you talked about that run in March. Um, started with the ACC tournament. You guys, you know, you had the, dropped a game to Virginia earlier that year and then came back and really beat them. I think you won by 12 points or so, which is almost like beating them by 20, with <laughs> the style of play Virginia does. Um, and you actually played a big role in that game. I think you had 14 points, really Um you know helped get Florida State over the top and get to the ACC championship. What was more fun that that game beating the second ranked Virginia or when you were at Albany and you scored 40 points in a conference championship game?
2: Um, well, that was it was it was the playoffs, it was the first round at Albany. Oh, okay, but I think the, the Virginia game was I mean, they were both fun games. Um, I don't think I can put one over the other. The Albany game had like a lot of meaning behind it. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty high up there for me, but beating Virginia was, uh, it was satisfying. And then with them going on to win the national championship, like we always have that in our back pocket, just saying like when everybody was healthy and playing, like we took care of the national champions. Like, I don't think we gave up a lead, like the whole game, like we led most of the game and we really dominated. And that was, I think that was like us at our full potential.
0: Um, you were, you were only at FSU for one year and he's, he's been on the show. We've, we've had a good time, um, getting to know and, and we really love coach Hamilton. I just said coach Gates is is kind of who recruited you and and got you there, but, um, you came to FSU and in the midst of, and you know, there, his, his kind of legacy is still obviously going right. But like where he's putting first rounder after first rounder, after first rounder in the league, I mean coach ham is just just unreal right and a lot of the coaches on fSU's campus right now are just fantastic right like from all the way from the top to the bottom but man wh- how special was it to to play for coach ham um and, and be around him for that year
2: uh, it was pretty special and then you hit on it like it's from coach ham it's coach Jones and CY. um those guys are just just special like everybody has their own thing like their own niche that they they're striving and they excelling and they don't try to step on each other's toes they just do like what they're great at and it all comes together and it's just so cohesive and it's just it was really fun to be a part of um, coach ham is just extremely uh, hardworking um, i think on my visit i don't even know if he even slept on my visit when when i was leaving I go back to the hotel he's watching film from uh that Michigan game where they lost in the Elite 8 I don't know he's probably watched that game a um, hundred times you got to ask him hundred <laughs> times but he's just super hard working like I think him and my dad were just watching games until like 5 a.m. on my visit and it was just it's just crazy to see that work that ethic from a guy who's at the like he's at the top of the sport um in the ACC in the coaching ranks and he just keeps uh, working harder and harder it's just amazing to see sure
1: yeah and obviously in the a c c you go to a lot of tough venues, whether it's you know Durham or Chapel Hill, whatever it may be but the best home court advantage in college right now has to be in Tallahassee at the t l c double c uh you guys were a part of that really turning things around uh I remember I was in school from two thousand six to two thousand ten and you know we'd get seven eight thousand fans for conference games, but you guys would sell it out regularly. How cool was it to see it? the home atmosphere grow to what it was to where it still is today where they just don't lose at home
2: um i mean it was really cool i mean and like you said i feel like it has to be the the biggest home court advantage i mean if you just look at the numbers best home record at the longest win streak at a conference and in conference um so like every time they put out a list of best home court advantages florida state's never on it so it's just kind of confusing it's like what are you are you basing it off of ideas or looking at numbers? <laughs> like, like CY says, don't don't get emotional, just read the data. Like if you just look right. at the numbers, it's easily the the toughest place to play in college basketball right now. You just
0: yeah, the, the 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 other like the Dukes and them, like they, they don't like when like you know, they're not at the tops of those lists. Duke and Kansas and all that, like losing like twenty games a year, but they don't like when they're not at the Top of the home court advantage list, right? I mean, right? Just,
2: just look at the numbers. Like, I mean right. That's simple to me. Like, I won't argue with you if you can find a better winning percentage. Then, but if you can, not then you just got to give it to them. And I mean, that's just the end of it.
1: Well, it's it's cool that you know you guys are starting to get that respect. You know, you know, Florida State but the home court is getting that respect now on a national uh, landscape. I remember watching the Louisville game when Trent Forrest just posterized Jordan Nora. Uh, Jay Billis is even calling the game. He's like, this is the best atmosphere we've seen at a college basketball game this year, um, which is pretty cool coming from a Duke guy at that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, man. It's, so uh, what are your uh, teammates at Florida State? Terrence Mann um, really came out of nowhere. You know, obviously a second round draft pick. Um, it was in the rotation a little bit, but in the playoffs, especially with Kawhi out, you've been able to go out and check him out a few times. And just how cool is it to see him, you know, just settling into his role and really making himself known as a legitimate NBA player.
2: Uh, I mean, it's been fun. It's been really, really fun to watch just a guy who's your teammate, close friend, just kind of like finding his own and just finally like getting the recognition that, you know, he worked so hard for and just like solidifying himself as a solid um, NBA player. Um, and then he's just another guy if you just look at the numbers, you look at his plus minus numbers. The Clippers have been better all playoffs all year when he's um, on the court. so it's just it's just really fun um, to see and like I'm just I'm enjoying his success as much as him. I mean that's just kind of the Florida State culture. you know, guys getting more excited for their teammates than their teammates are for themselves. So I mean it's just that just carries over into everything even after Florida State.
1: Yeah, and one thing I, I've seen him wearing that I—I I was telling you I need to get me a shirt or hoodie. Is the, these Big Guard U, um, hoodies and shirts. I, I love it. Um, and you have a lot of people talk about Big Guard U now uh, in reference to Florida State. Just how cool is it that Florida State's kind of you know between New Bloods and Big Guard U, um, and then uh, just what was the idea to just start the brand and help spread the word because it's some good looking merch.
2: Appreciate it, appreciate it, and uh, yeah. I mean, I just kind of had the idea and then also using it as a way to just stay in touch with the guys at the university and then the guys after, cause you know, being overseas for two years now, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of former Florida state players overseas. And so just using this as a, as a way to just stay in touch with all those guys and just kind of like showcase, um, what they're doing. Um, it just seemed like a a good idea to me. And I mean, I had the resources, the the networks the connections to be able to do that and you know figure out what guys are playing and just like say look we got guys in the nba but we also have like 15 20 guys overseas also playing at an extremely high level even the older guys are still playing at high levels overseas like the tony douglases the chris singletons the al thorntons they're still playing they're still producing they're still representing Florida the state so just using bgu as a kind of like a alumni network for um basketball players and then just hoping to like really expand that to even showcase the guys doing doing their thing off the court like uh Devin Booker uh who, who played uh, a couple years before me like I've been in contact with him he's just he's doing a YouTube the gaming thing right now he's doing a, the training like Phil Koffer has his own like whole little like uh his fashion thing going his YouTube is growing he's almost at 10,000 subscribers on that so just kind of showcasing just the on court and off the court um things that um our guys are continuing uh to do and just kind of showcasing that um outside of the the NBA guys, but also having them involved too because I mean we're all a family. And we also support um, each other in, in a lot of different ways. But those guys, they're gonna get their shine no matter what. So just kind of showcasing the other guys as well.
0: Um, you I will cut you off there because I'm impatient. But you, you got a. You started talking about Douglas and Thornton. I just want to let you know I was the biggest Al Thornton fan. Like Richie's like the basketball guy on here, but I was the biggest Al Thornton fan. He even went to the Clippers. You no, know, I'm a Lakers fan, so I'm it's like a double edged sword, like trying to like I don't want the Clippers to do well, but then I'm like cheering for man to hit every shot that he takes. But I'm like, all right, but are you can score 40, but I don't want y'all to win. Like go to seven games <laughs> or something, you know, like because like I don't need a Clippers banner hanging in that thing. I mean, but if man gets like an MVP or something, it's cool. But um but, yeah, even when Thornton was there, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll buy a Thornton jersey, like even a Clippers one. Like I was the biggest Al Thornton stand that there ever was. So I'm glad you brought him up. I'm glad that he's involved with it because that's super dope. Um, Blast from the past, man. I feel really old. Richie, I, I know you had the next one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, where where can people buy this merch? I was checking out your website earlier, and mm-hmm. I saw you talked about international players. Everyone remembers David Stolke's, uh right the Carolina so. killer from his days at Florida State, when he would just go off on the Tar Heels. Um, but where can uh, we, uh, the listeners, go buy some uh, big Gu- Big Guard U merch?
2: Uh, it's at uh, Big Guard um dot com um, altogether. Uh, the link is in the Twitter. The Twitter is actually it's it's catching on a little bit, almost at um eight hundred followers um so i mean if you follow on that at the official uh big guard university the links in that bio but uh bigguarduniversity.com that's where you can get uh shirts hats you know, all that good stuff
1: yeah so anyone listening we'll, we'll definitely tweet that link out and uh the big guard you so go definitely go give that a follow as well go ahead dj
0: yeah no we we will that's awesome hey i know you were only there for a year we talked about this a little bit before but uh I mean, you were a Guthrie's fan, right? Like, you, you would get your gut boxes with no coleslaw, right? Like, when when you were in Tallahassee, is that right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I went yeah. one time, but, of course, I had to get the double fries. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I knew hey. to do that. I knew to do that. So, I mean, I had it one time. You got to try out everything at least once when you're down there. So, oh, I weird. think I think the guys are all – I think we're all going to go back at some point. Um, Dwayne Bacon hit up everybody. and was just trying to get everybody together. So, I mean – Coming soon, maybe later this month or next month, you might see like 20 20 former players uh, on campus at the same time. So we're trying to set that up right now. And so, uh, I mean, if you follow uh, Big Art University, you'll see a lot of probably cool stuff I'll try to get done down there. Maybe some interviews or something, but I mean, we're planning it right now. Hopefully everything works out uh, once all the overseas guys get back and get settled. So. That's something yeah. I have to look forward to That's for. That's cool. Yeah, basketball fans. Yeah, for yeah. sure. If there's
0: anything we can do to to help with that, like to promote it, to talk about anything you guys are doing, I mean we're we're happy to and, and to try to spread the word and, and get it out there for sure. Um, we'll definitely tweet out the link and the Twitter um, to get people aware of it, familiar with it. BigGuardUniversity dot com, um, and people can check it out there. Um, David, man, we appreciate you so much for for taking a few minutes. I know you got to you got to run to a workout here in, in a few, yeah. so we don't want to don't want to hold you up. Don't want to let you go, but man, best of luck going forward. We can't say thank you enough for for taking your time and chatting with us a little bit tonight. Um, and hopefully hopefully one of these times we'll we'll get up and we'll meet up in Tallahassee, um, soon. But we we really appreciate it, man.
2: For sure, no problem. Uh, thank you guys for having me.
0: Thanks, David. David Nichols, former FSU guard and star. I, I mean, that team, that team was fun. We talked about this a little bit off air, Richie. That team, uh, they had gone to the Elite Eight the year before, lower expectations that next year, um, beat Virginia pretty good in the ACC, and then just couldn't, uh, you know, could, got, everybody got hurt, right? That was the year that literally everybody was hurt. Yeah, Trent Forrest uh, was playing on basically one foot. Um gosh.
1: But it, it, that was a fun season. That was the year that everybody and their mother was picking uh, um Murray State to knock out Florida State in the second round with Ja Morant there, and Florida uh, State just destroyed them that day. Yeah. Uh fun team to watch. All these teams have been a lot of fun to watch, really, since you know, going back to the mid-2010s.
0: It's like the lower the expectations are, the more that Hamilton, the gang might like, kind of surprise you and, and make you like regret having low expectations. zoom in on our um faces here. So yeah, no, I mean he was great. Uh go check out again Big Guard University. A couple of people um put that actually not not a couple of people just guy here. Um <laughs> threw that in the threw that in the chat. So go check them out and and support there. Um quick show tonight. We've got his interview and then a couple other things to get to and we'll get you guys out of here. We appreciate you hanging out with us on your Sunday evening. Um or if you're checking this out in podcast form or wherever, watching the replay, that's appreciated as well. Um, Richie, let's talk about a little bit of golf news. Uh, first, what uh, I know you're probably, st- are you still watching it? Has there, has, has somebody <laughs> won? What's going on over here? Yeah, the travelers are in a playoff right now. So they're, I think they're going to the third playoff hole. So just
1: keeping an eye on, on the background. But um, uh, you know, the shot of the tournament though, happened on Friday when Brooks Kepka's 159 yards out from the slint, from the, Pin. Um, just hits an ax, absolutely beautiful shot, draws it in there, spins it back into the hole. Uh, Twitter was nuts for a couple hours after that. He almost did it again <laughs> um, a few holes down the line, but you know, it uh, goes 500 today. Another top five finish for Kepka. And it's especially a week after a major when he traditionally does not play well. That's pretty cool to see. Um, shout out John Pock. He made a start this weekend. He did not make the cut, um, but had a really nice st- start to the tournament on Thursday. Fr- Friday fell off a little bit. Um, you know, and he's going to learn to be a pro and I have no doubt he'll be making plenty of cuts in his time. And then we talked about this too. Uh, another was in the top five,
0: TJ, Hank, I mean, you're the golf guy here, so I don't know if I'm <laughs> saying this correctly or not, but Hank Laboda, Labida, Hank Laboda. We'll, we'll Let's go, go with, with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, finished tied with Brooks. So, you know, finished fifth with the fifth best score um on the day or on the weekend 10 under par um for those that don't know Hank uh, won both the ACC freshman of the year and ACC player of the year in his career um so uh, became the only the third terminal to to do that joining uh, Brooks and Bobby Cochran um so Hank had a great great tournament as well I saw FSU I I wasn't watching this is your again golf is your thing but Uh, FSU golf tweeted out that, uh, he, he led at one point, like he had the lead at the travelers today. Um, he finished early in the day. So a couple of people had really great rounds and came back and, um, finished ahead of him, but you know, finished three shots off the lead, uh, at the Travelers. So shout out to our, uh, our Knowles that competed this weekend.
1: Yeah, we we talked about it with John Pock, you know, uh, last week, how, you know, part of the reason he came to Florida State is because Trey Jones just does a great job of developing and getting guys on the tour. And here you go, two top fives.
0: um, Not too shabby for a weekend for him. Yeah, no, definitely a great weekend there. Um, All right, so there is the golf. Okay, let's talk about this. This is just more going to be our opinion. This has nothing to do with Florida State, but Hunter... Faithfully tunes in every week. And so we appreciate it. But uh how about this NC State fiasco that went down yeah. at the uh, college world series? For those I mean, everybody watching this or listening to this knows, but do you want to catch people up if, if they're not completely familiar with with the high overview of, of what's going on here?
1: Yeah, so NC State they had uh beat Vanderbilt once. Um a really impressive win, and they were looking to try and get to the final. Uh, They had some COVID issues. I believe they only had 14 players available for their game on Friday. And then on Saturday, it was going to be an elimination game. And the NCAA said, we're going to call it a no contest due to COVID protocol from the NC State players. um, I believe all the players who tested positive have been vaccinated. So I'm not sure why we're even testing them. Um, But... Yeah, so they, it's, they basically said, your season's over. And you know we've seen the NCAA make terrible decisions like this recently with the women's golf tournament, where they basically said, it's you could play the course, but it's not at a championship level. So the, all the higher seeds advance, everybody else go home. Uh, they just can't seem to get out of their own way. I don't know why you can have 22,000 maskless fans at a game, um, but NC State has vaccinated players that are <laughs> tested for positive for COVID that couldn't play. So it's just really unfortunate. Um, I don't know. I'm assuming you're going to tend to agree with me on this one here.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get canceled here because I feel like anytime you have a strong opinion on anything, you, you get canceled. So um, yeah, I think it's a little bit ridiculous. You know, we're, we're at a point now where everyone um, you know, we've got, what'd you say? 20 something thousand person stadium that, uh, that nobody, you don't have to be vaccinated to get in maskless, whatever. Like the vaccine exists and is out there and richie i mean you work in a hospital i'd love to know if you could figure these stats out what are the stats on people that um have not gotten the vaccine because they just can't right like what i want to know what that percentage is in our country like right is it, it's got to be like yeah. less than a tenth of a percent and and if that be like can't for a number of reasons right Like medically able you know maybe they're mm-hmm. taking some kind of treatment that they couldn't do it um they couldn't financially able is not a thing um so like you know timing. I don't know what the, any other reason would be. I mean, Uber is like literally offering free rides to go get vaccines. Vaccines don't cost anything. Um, I I really just can't imagine there are situations where people legitimately can't. Now I I understand that I'm maybe missing something or forgetting something, but I mean, we're at a point now where, again, we've got a 20,000 person stadium Un, you know, not checking vaccines, not checking masks, anything like that. Um, It's wild to me to think that, you know, vaccinated players who weren't necessarily showing symptoms, you know, we canceled a tournament over this. Um that, that's, Or not a tournament, but a team season. And I don't know, it's just, it, it is, I know that it's, you know, we're a year and a half into the pandemic, but with the strides we've made, the progress we've made, when, when are we going to stop canceling events and happenings because of COVID, right? Like, you know, at this point, the vaccine's there. And everybody that's everybody that wants to get the vaccine again, unless medically unable, has the opportunity or the option to get it. And those that have gotten it, great. Those that don't want to get it, great. That's that's your freedom. That's your right as American. Great. Um, now let's move on. You know, like let's 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 move on and go. And so, yeah, it's it's frustrating that um, you know vaccinated players who tested positive. You know, you can get the flu vaccine and test positive for it. Um, it just doesn't, symptoms aren't as bad, right? So it doesn't impact you the same way. You don't get as sick. It's frustrating to see that a, that a tournament or a team again was, uh, their season was canceled in this way, in this scenario, in this situation. Um, yeah, I, I just couldn't imagine, you know, and, and that's the way I look at it. like, if this would have happened with Alabama in the college football playoff, there's no way the NCAA would have canceled their season. There's no exactly. way that Alabama would have been going up against Clemson. And they just said Clemson moves on, you know Alabama's out, um, and that that stand that that's frustrating, right? Like we talked about the disparity between men's and women's sports, and um, you know how they made our girls play at midnight, you know, and, and they had never done this to one of the to Vandy or just to, you know one of these baseball teams, and so it's that same disparity. And so I, you know, I'm not an NC State fan. Yeah. I, I really don't <laughs> care one way or the other, but it is frustrating to see the NCAA make another absolutely incompetent decision. Um, and, and screw the kids over, um, you know, that's frustrating. I mean, I couldn't imagine if I was an NC state fan or player or parent or, you know, for all the,
1: for all the conspiracy theorists out there, this is something that, you know, Hunter who listens to the show sent to us in a group chat, um, highlights the decision was made based on the recommendation of the championship medical team and the Douglas County health department, the NCAA said in a statement, Douglas County Health Department spokesman Phil Rooney said the health department did not recommend NC State's removal, but told the NCAA the department would support whatever decision they made. Someone on this committee, Dr. William Schaffner from Vanderbilt University. So if if you're into conspiracy theories, there you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I try not to get as far into the conspiracy stuff. I mean, I know there's the the picture of Fauci right now out with the Vandy jersey on and stuff. So, I mean... (laughs) You know, whatever. I just think it's incompetence by the NCAA. I mean, we're also seeing issues, and we'll have, we'll talk about this on another episode. We're also seeing issues with the NCAA dragging their feet on this NIL stuff and not having mm-hmm. it all ready to go by July 1st, which is in four days, or five days, I guess. Um, So, it, it more incompetence by the NCAA. Again, if this would have been Alabama football in the playoff, they'd have delayed it, and they'd have let them play. They'd have delayed it by a week and let them play. Um, yeah. There's no way they'd have applied that same standard, especially with – the The county saying no, no, no. It's fine for them to play. We we don't recommend removing them. And then UCLA saying no, nah, we're just going to remove them. You know, it's yeah. just easier if we just remove them and move on. Well, and then did what they. The same reason our girls had to play at midnight the one night is because it's all about TV ratings, right? Yeah. It's it's if you delay this and let the guys get healthy, then you're running your TV ratings up against the NBA finals, and we don't want to do that. And so we're not going to do that. We need this to be over. While those conference finals are going on, we need that to be we need this championship series to be over this week, whenever they play, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday as a three-game series. We need it to be over this week because we don't want to go up against the NBA finals. And that's the same reason they didn't want the softball to be going up against the game seven playoffs. And that's why, that's why the game three of the softball started at 3 PM, you know? And so it's all about TV ratings, it's all about that kind of stuff with the NCAA and the money that's generated. And so it's just easier to just say, ah, NC State was yeah they're a casualty, so let them go um again it, to me it it doesn't make a lot of sense why you would cancel a a team season when a bunch of vaccinated players are are out there i mean you know people are are going to to get this and continue to get this just like people continue to get other diseases that vaccines exist for um insignificance and, and illnesses
1: you, so you, you just really have to feel for their seniors especially the ones that came back after their season was cut short last year because of the virus yeah. uh then to have it end abruptly like this and here's where the NCA really messed up in my opinion is uh dumping the news at 2 a.m right mm-hmm. they didn't want to deal with the backlash so there's there's a lot of nc state players and coaches and fans that all woke up to the news that their season's over um and they found out because the ncaa are cowards and thought a 2 a.m news dump was the best way to handle that
0: yeah that's pretty outrageous and spineless yeah and i'll and, and we'll stop whining about the ncaa here in just a minute but yeah that's that's incredible um too did you see afterwards um like ncaa baseball the official account like thanks for the memories nc day you know yeah. and like i put this That's is like so when oj that. went to it's like when oj went to nicole's wedding and cried you know it's yeah. like you're you're the one that killed it you know <laughs> like yeah. what are you doing so uh so frustrating um hunter's probably he hasn't commented one time since we brought this up so he's probably like crying through the on his phone and like the <laughs> keyboard doesn't work because the uh the, the water on it but yeah frustrating for for that team for those players um yeah that really sucks that that was brutal so uh we wanted to whine about that and then we'll move on um hey i want to shout out the website one more time we've done this a couple of times but uh double fries no um we had a piece today drop with our favorite players that were number 70 richie do you have your uh do you have your notes up in front of you or have that article up i can read what you wrote real quick i'll, I'll highlight yours in mind and then you guys gotta go Check out the article to read everybody else's. But yeah, I don't Richie pulled up. I remember uh, with uh, mendelik Watson. How do you not like a guy with his story? What if I told you that FSU could bring in a 6'6, 6, 6, 320 pound offensive tackle from the Juco ranks this year? Now, what if I told you he has a background in soccer, basketball, runs a sub 540, and trained as a boxer with Robert Alcazar? That's right. I don't know. Who formerly trained Oscar De La Hoya? That's exactly what Jimbo Fisher brought in prior to the 2012 season in Minelik Watson. He would go on to start 12 of the Tribes 13 games, allowing just one quarterback sack on the season. Um, that was again the 2012 season, um, the NC State season. So that's the only way I can remember that. Yeah. The 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 year prior to Jameis, EJ's senior year. Uh well, he only played FSC one. Season, Watson's story will always be one of my favorites due to a combination of how he ended up at FSU. Instantly found success on the field and ended up as a second-round draft pick by the Oakland Raiders in 2013 before enjoying five seasons in the NFL. Um, some other names really quickly. We did Josue Matias, Trey Thomas, um, Ken Lanier. Brian, the old man, did that one. Dustin did Cam Irving. Ed did Roderick Johnson. And then I did the Hall of Famer, Walter Jones. Hard to do this article and not include FSU's only offensive lineman to be inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, he played one season starting 11 games, and only allowing one sack in the NFL. He played 13 years with the Seahawks after being drafted sixth overall. Imagine that Richie sixth overall for an offensive lineman. Like that's so unheard yeah. of. Like that's so ridiculous. Now, um, nine time pro bowler and four time, all pro first teamer Jones selected to the NFL hall of fame in his first year of eligibility, cementing his legacy in football history forever. We do these articles on every 10 days. So another one is coming out 10 days from today. Um, counting down our favorite players to wear that set of 10s jersey number, right? So 70 days today, we did everything from the 70s, all offensive linemen. Uh, next week's going to be the 60s. That's going to be just as tough. Like <laughs> the the offensive linemen portions uh, are tough, um, you know, but 50, 50 doesn't get much better. 50 has some linebackers, but like 40 is when we will start having, you know – And the video clips are hard to find for offensive linemen, like when I'm trying to put these things (laughs) together. It's easy when you're in the 90s and you got a bunch of wide receivers and 80s and stuff like that. It's tough to find much stuff from Menelik Watson. So um, go check out the website. We've got a new series starting this week, breaking down positions. Dustin and Michael are working on those, breaking down position by position. This week starts with quarterback. We're going to go all the way down the roster, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line and then all the defensive and special teams positions um, do one a week up until kickoff. We have, I'm telling you, the most important game of the year, the team-by-team previews that we've been doing. Ed has done both Notre Dame and Jacksonville State, <clears throat> and that most important game of the year to me is Wake Forest uh, in week three. Probably going to go into that game one and one. Obviously, there's an outside chance that we go in at 2-0. and oh. Obviously, a very, you know, uh, the other side of that, I don't want to talk about. But that Wake Forest game is going to be Im- so important for FSU season. So check out Ed Kennedy's article; it'll drop Tuesday morning. Um, a season opponent preview of Wake Forest. Um, Dustin's been doing our Knowles in the Pros; that drops Monday morning. So check out how Buster and um, Kevin Cash and Taylor Walls and all those guys are doing. Uh, check out the website www dot dot com. Richie. A little bit of recruiting news, and then let's get out of here.
1: Yeah, so it's a busy weekend in Tallahassee, and I know you're going to do something tomorrow uh, to kind of go into detail with it. But Florida State picked up four commits, um, all of the trenches. So that's that's a big weekend for, uh, for the big men coming into Florida State. They got uh, four-star defensive lineman Trevion Williams. Um, they have Lee County's four-star offensive lineman, Quayshawn Sapp, which was a big one. He actually said he had been committed silently for the past three months and just felt it was time to do it. Uh, Kaniya Charlton, uh, three-star offensive lineman, and Bishop Moore for here in Orlando, a three-star defensive lineman, Bishop Thomas, uh, who goes to Bishop Moore. Uh, so a really uh, successful recruiting week, a really successful recruiting month, really, for uh, Mike Norvell who's just had campers coming through campus all month long. He was doing satellite camps. Uh, he's starting to put these deposits down, and it looks like it's going to pay off because Florida State now has the number five class in the country, according to the 247 composite. Uh, definitely uh, getting four kids in one weekend, including a couple four-stars, will help uh, boost that ranking, though.
0: Yeah, and and it's you know it's about getting them to sign in December or January, or, 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 or early February, sorry. So it's about getting them to sign, without a doubt, um, but we got to start somewhere, right? Like I, I'm not going to celebrate recruiting wins. Like it's the end of recruiting wins in January. Like it's the end all be all. And I know we don't dive super deep into recruiting on, on this show, but, um, I'd rather be the fifth ranked class right now than the 55th, right? Like on the load more page, um, <laughs> like Miami is Now Miami may end up with a better class than us. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how we're going to look this year. I don't know how they're going to look this year. Um, so I think that, uh, You know, you're looking at a team that came off a three and six season, a a new coach that just coached through a pandemic and he is doing the right things now. It's got to translate to the field and it's got to, we've got to win some games. We've got to keep the relationship strong and we've got to, we're going to have to fight off some other teams for some of these guys, right? Some other really good teams for some of these guys. Um, But I mean, I I like where we're at now, you know, things may change when December gets here. I'm not going to get on here and lie and say that we're going to finish with the top five class or. Or whatever, but I, I like where we're at now. I like that coach is getting a lot of people on campus. Um, when you're coming off a three and six season, you need to build some momentum, right? And you need to figure out something. And if you can sell when you're not winning, great. Let's see you win, and then you can sell even better, right? So I'm I'm with it. You know, I think that the the team, the staff is absolutely working their tails off, and uh, I'm excited for it. You mentioned that tomorrow we are going to go live at noon Eastern with 24/7's Brendan Sinone. To Chat about the weekend. He was up there all weekend. He's about on empty. He told me his tank was it, was, was exhausted this weekend. He couldn't couldn't make it tonight. So we're gonna go live with him, maybe like 20-25 minutes at noon Eastern tomorrow. We're gonna have a live episode with Brendan Sinone. If you have recruiting questions, if you have things you want to know about the camp, feel free to stop by Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever. Put your questions in the chat. We're happy to ask Brendan live on the air. And we will uh, we'll get those answered for you. But we are going to talk recruiting with him. Go way more in depth. Um, noon Eastern. We'll do it at noon, and then maybe we'll do a replay of it at uh you know seven p.m. Right? I'll have Harlan if if he's back and available. I'll have Harlan throw up a replay of it so that people can see that. It won't be live at seven p.m. So if you want to get your questions in, go hit up our Facebook Double Fries No Slaw Facebook, um, and uh, you can ask us questions when that goes live at noon tomorrow. Um, Again, we'll replay it tomorrow evening for those that, that couldn't catch it at uh, lunchtime. Um, that was recruiting. You got anything else on the recruiting weekend? We talked golf. We talked to NC State Baseball. We talked recruiting. Obviously, just chatted with David a little bit. Um, anything else going on? Oh, we, we didn't talk about this because it, it came out like right after. But Sydney Sherrill coming back next year. That uh, Brian threw together a, a graphic on that. And that absolutely blew up on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. Had like 100,000 um, views. That was cool. Um, but uh, Sydney Cheryl coming back. I, I'm telling you, man, I fell in love with softball again this year. Like, they brought me back to like 2018 and, and everything else. So excited for them to uh, to take the field here. Maybe I can get you over to Clearwater if I buy you a beer or two when they uh, have their kickoff tournament here in Clearwater. It's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, anything else from you before we get out of here? Uh, no, I think that's about it. I'm
1: tell you, I've been watching this playoff from this Travelers tournament. It's, the playoff had just started when we got on, and they're still Anyone? going to a fifth Let's hole, go. Fifth hole Let's... playoff. So we got Harris English and Kramer Hickok. Uh, they're playing the 17th par four right now, so who knows? It may go a little longer, but yeah, that. Really appreciate David uh, taking some time to talk to us, reminisce about Florida State and his playing days. Uh, BigGuardUniversity.com. Definitely go get a hoodie or a t shirt. Uh, really nice, of
0: David, to spend some time with us today. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. So, uh, Double Fries No Slaw. Uh, I got a shout out. Shout out Ed Kennedy. I saw he was celebrating a 10th anniversary. Shout out um, Harlan. I know he's had a rough few weeks just with some a bunch of stuff going on and so he wasn't with us tonight but harlan you're our thoughts and we will most likely see you back tomorrow night uh for for the Brendan thing but if not we'll see you next week um any shout outs other than david for you before we go
1: um no i think that's that's about it shout out hunter uh being on the show here i feel like he's our third host that just uh is always here for us old faithful we well, didn't have any baseball to watch tonight, so I mean,
0: <laughs> all right, too soon. I'm
1: sorry, Hunter. Oh um, uh, yeah, one more real quick. I this morning I did a podcast for that's called the College Experience. It's part of the Sports Gambling Network, uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They uh, are doing a preview for all 130 teams, uh, so I joined them to talk Florida State. So hopefully that preview will come out in the next week or so, and I'll make sure we share it so y'all can check that out as well. And he did pick Florida State to go over five and a half, so that, that was nice to hear a national guy with no real um, interest in you know, the emotional ties of Florida State, just calling it like he sees it. Uh, so it, it's a, it's a
0: good show. We talk about the season, the schedule, so definitely check that out. Awesome. Can't wait for that. We'll definitely share it when it comes out. Um man, it, it'll take a sweep, but hopefully we're Stanley Cup champions by the time we get back on <laughs> here again, repeating this uh this thing. So go bolts. Um again, go to Guthrie's and get a gut box, tag us in it, get in there to win a Yeti cooler. Uh, until we see you guys again next week. Go Knowles. <laughs>
3: I see the sunrise creeping in Everything changes like the desert wind Here she comes and then she's gone again